I think composition is really important when you're, you know, trying to write music. Also, just for me personally, like I really like to focus on composition and like everything that you were saying, like how music changes over time and how people grow and like all those things go into writing and what you like and what you want to put out into the world. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, y'all one of those people, thanks so much for coming back. But if you're new to the show, feel free to make yourself at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. I neglect and I apologize for the lack of beer in the room right now, but I'll tell you this. Six people at a table with a bunch of beers, it gets unproductive real quick. <laughs> but I'd be happy to get I'd be happy to share some pints with you after this. So uh I think that's my intro. I don't know what I'm doing anymore, nor do I really care. How's everybody feeling today out there? Feeling good. Feeling good, feeling good, feeling great. I'm sitting here today by five fifths of the rock and roll legends. Brightside, make some noise for the internet. <laughs> Yeah, oh, right. are we supposed to? I don't know. <laughs> Studio <laughs> audience is clapping. Oh, yes. oh. Happy that y'all are here. So, it's a rare occurrence for me to have this many people in the room. I'm happy y'all wanted to come and talk. Excited. So, since you are all here, why don't we introduce ourselves so people can get familiar with your lovely voices and tell us a bit about why y'all are here. Start with Matt. Uh, Matt. Uh, <laughs> cool. Here, because we were asked to. <laughs> no, we, we asked. Oh, did we ask? Yeah. <laughs> we asked you, though. <laughs> thanks, right. thanks, Matt. I'm Steve. <laughs> Here as well. Uh, I play the bass guitar. Cool. I'm Dylan. I play the drums. I'm Isaiah. I also play bass and guitar. Yeah, you do. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I'm Matt. I play guitar. Cool. And we're here to promote our band. Here oh, to yeah. promote your band. You got some new music, yep. right? Yep. Let's chat a bit about that. What's the new shit? What's going on? Who wants to take the reins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. We put out a single a few months ago. It's uh, from an album that's coming out next year. Um, it's just a fun love song for the kids. What's it called, man? Hell yeah. <laughs> it's called Just Like Dancing. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and stuff. So, YouTube and stuff. Spotify, awesome. probably. Is there a release date for the new record? No. Nah? No. No release date. We should probably not say uh, release date. <laughs> uh, there is a, another single coming out. Um, on Tuesday. Yeah, on Tuesday. But uh, Cool. That, that means that that single is released by the time this episode goes up so Which people is, can check yeah. out just like dancing what's the single that's out now uh, it's called wink, this, wink. this time this time yeah tight so let's get into the origins of the band a bit Brightside has been a band for more than a couple years y'all been around for a while who wants to take the reins on the origins questions who started this band who's responsible for this yeah Matt not, not and me. I started this band yeah. but like uh, we were in a band in high school, and then that kind of fell apart. So we went on Craigslist, looked for a drummer, and then found Dylan. Yeah, I was on Craigslist. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking for a little something. When was that? Uh, 2010 or 9. Yeah, 10. Probably. Yeah. 
It's crazy. It's almost 10 years has almost already flown by then. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, how are what, what are your reflections on, you know, still doing you know, independent music for a decade with, you know, pretty much the same band. I know that like some of y'all play in other projects and have played in other projects and things like that too, but um, I mean, you're still doing Brightside. So what's that been like looking back on a, a decade of this project? It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> in what way? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... No, I mean, that's a valid answer to be honest <laughs> with you. Like I, I, I think that that's one thing that a lot of people aren't honest enough about sometimes. Like I know like you may be making like a half half joking but maybe half serious answer it's in a, some ways. It's like a seventy five percent serious answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, like it can be hard. Is it just kind of like a thing where it's like, wow, I can't believe we're still doing this and like or is it just like a thing like I should be doing something else with my adult life or is it just like a mixture of all those things? Well I think we definitely put less pressure on ourselves now than ever. And it's kind of just something we do for fun. And we don't think we suck yet, so it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. As long as we're still making music that we're happy with. Yeah, that's when the magic happens when you get the pressure off. And I think that's something that just comes with time and age. Yeah. Like whenever you're younger and you're doing rock and you have a lot of friends that are in bands. I guess if it's rock or not rock, it doesn't matter. It's really easy to get stressed out and yeah, just for sure. feel like it's some sort of a silent competition. Sometimes it's not so silent. It depends on the people. It's mm-hmm. true. But it could be really quite a headache. So with the album that is going to be coming out in a couple months, what can you tell me about it? Slaps pretty hard. Slaps oh, yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, it sounds really it's good. It's on fire. <laughs> so you got, all this, you got all the songs written and everything now? You're just kind of in the process of recording? Most of it's like already recorded. Now it's just like finishing up some vocals and late instrumentation. So it's close. We just got to like do it, which is like harder than it sounds. Yeah. Is that like just a byproduct of just other stuff going on in life and juggling yeah. the schedule of four other males. Yeah. Just trying to figure it out. Like, exactly. It's just, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I'm the youngest dude in gray Walker and I'm 34 years old. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like the baby of the band, but like 34 is not young by any means, but it's so funny. Cause it's like, Oh, I can't, you know, got to, uh, Nina's sick. I take my daughter to the thing. Got to do this. You know, it's like it's fun. At least now band practices and things get shifted for reasons that are a little bit better rather than just like, oh, Sarah's mad at me, guys. Like, I can't go, go come to practice mm-hmm. and like all that like silly stuff that used to happen back in high school and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know for sure. For sure. With the Pittsburgh music scene, let's get into this ecstatic question Pittsburgh Um, (laughs) this is a Pittsburgh music podcast you're a Pittsburgh band you've been playing since 2010 so you've been through all the ups and downs of what I feel the Pittsburgh music scene has gone through over the past decade you know I feel like you know 2010 was like like a good time I think like you came in at like a pretty active fun time there was a lot of cool bands then 2012 2013 it seemed like it kind of like died and then it was gone for a few years, and then 2016, 17, it started to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, like, do you recognize that as well? Definitely. I think so. I mean, like, I don't know. I think the the big thing that happened, I think, that changed music in Pittsburgh, we were all kind of part of, like, the death part. <coughs> you know what I'm talking about? 
Well, during those years, we played like every single show and then we stopped playing shows. And like you said, so like part of that is like there just like weren't as much going on. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. during those early years, I feel like we were playing a show probably once a week, at least like house shows. Uh, Garfield was like real active, most wanted. Yeah. And then like that just like stopped, as you said, probably like 2012, 2013. Yeah, it's so funny because it's real easy to think that maybe that was just like a particular bubble or certain scene of bands where things fell off. But everybody that I've talked to, it seemed like it was pretty universal across all genres. Like it wasn't just like, you know, like house show scene or Roboto stuff. It was like, you know, heavy metal, you know, dude fest at the Smiling Moose shows were dead. And like everything else was gone. Like there was no rap shows. There arguably haven't been hip hop shows in the city for like the past 10 years period. Pretty much ever since the Shadow Lounge closed, it's been really hard to like get a new community going. So Brightside, you said like kind of like took a step back for some time in that in that area. We probably well, broke up like two or three times in that period okay. as well. True, actually. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> twenty twelve, I think I think yeah. I mean I I came in in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Uh so yeah, prior to that, I don't think you guys were doing a whole lot. Steve and, is our third bass player. Yeah. Um so yeah before that we broke up. Got a new bass player and then broke up. Got a new <laughs> bass player. <laughs> 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 and well, I mean, like, imagine it's like, I don't know. Uh, it could, it's like a, I mean, I don't know how like old everybody is specifically in the band, but if I just had to like make an assumption, I'd say like mid twenties is probably a fair range, right? So five, thinking you know, to probably like four or five years ago, you're getting into that like late, like you're not a teenager anymore, becoming an adult and like figuring out what the fuck am I gonna be doing and juggling all this stuff. That's like a really hard time to be in a band, I think, unless it's like things are working super, super good. It's like it could be really hard to prioritize it. For sure. Yeah. Especially in Pittsburgh. No, I was just saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, especially in Pittsburgh where it's not like, you know, bands are just making it all the time. Like you're not just seeing this amount of success. So I feel like with those like ebbs and flows of the scene almost like it kind of like is like the I don't know, like everybody's trying really hard, you know, and I feel like there's not for a lot of bands, there's not that huge payoff. So I feel like you see as people get older, kind of like collectively, you see people kind of falling off and stuff. And then it kind of gets reignited in the, the younger generations and stuff like that, like a cycle. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like that's what was happening whenever things stopped for mm-hmm. a while in 2012. It was like whenever we came in, there were people that were in their mid 20s to late 20s that, that were running that scene. And then they all kind of you know, decided to stop playing or stop taking it so seriously. And it took a while before new kids came in. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah. It's kind of funny how like so many threads of the local music scene are just like held together just by like a couple people. Like it's so funny. Like, let's just say like, Brett Shoemaker stopped doing shows. Yeah. Like, what would happen? It would crumble. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, there would be, like, a yeah, whole... Yeah. You know, yeah. like... Because, like, that's a... You know, he's a an, a really important pillar hmm. for a lot of people mm-hmm. in a big scene. But, like, if you pulled that one piece out, it'd be, like, mm-hmm. the block that knocks the whole Jenga tower. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. He's just one of those people, too, that's just working so hard so consistently, too, that mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if Brett wasn't doing what he's doing, then kids just wouldn't have stuff to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially... In like the all ages realm, you know, because most I would say nine out of ten shows that Brett has a hand in are all ages, you know, and like just for those, like especially for me, like when I was growing up, having access to those shows, those are the only shows I was going to, you know what I mean? So 
definitely awesome but yeah and yeah i think that's the other thing too it seems to happen a lot where you just get promoters that get a little bit older and they get tired of it and then it takes some time for somebody to like pick the ball back up and even mm. once somebody does pick it up it takes a while for it to actually start rolling yeah for sure to figure so a lot it of out. people will book one or two shows and be like ah oh, fuck this i don't want to do this and yeah. people it's will a college only, thing they're like yeah, yeah. Gonna, i'm gonna have house shows in college and then yeah you know maybe you get one house for a couple years and then yep. it's gone get so. a real job and you know has mm-hmm. to can't have you know you're not having house shows whenever you're like a what an engineer i don't know so <laughs> what was the thing now now that you know Brightside is back. Y'all mm-hmm. are here, smiling, having a good time. <laughs> yeah. You got some new music you're excited about. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that got the band back together? Was there anything in particular, or just like I imagine you all like stay in touch throughout like the time frame when you yeah? Which time? Right? You got to be more specific. <laughs> huh? Which which time? Uh, like this most recent era, like yeah. right now, like before yeah. where we're at now, which seems like a pretty productive time since you're you know recording yeah. a new album well i lived with mavi last year now i live with dylan so i still have to see everyone <laughs> so, so if you were all still in touch it was just like everybody just had their own shit going on pretty much right yeah yeah i moved away and then yeah. steve and then moved I, yeah, away dylan sure. was away but then i got back yeah the, I was the year that we broke up like he moved away dylan moved away and we all just kind of like stopped hanging out and kind of like <clears throat> got our collective shit together yeah. in our own way that happens. And we but didn't hate each other. I think yeah, we'd spent a lot of we did spend a lot of time together before that, and like gone on some tours and lots of lots of FaceTime with each other. And I just don't think we were like really happy. So like, kind of breaking up and then having Dylan kind of leave was a nice reset because then it was like all right, a year we didn't really do anything music. I mean, I'm sure we all did individual stuff, but we didn't do anything Brightside for for that year, and then. Uh, you know, it came back. We were l- less pressure, a little bit more refreshed, excited mm-hmm. to be back into it uh, after that time off. Yeah, sometimes you need to take those breaks from family. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, everybody that I'm in a band with, you know, I feel like they're my brothers. And, like, but I get fucking sick of them. Like, yeah. if we're <laughs> together too much in a space, you know, they're heavy metal guitar players they get real heated over riffs and <laughs> tone changes and things like that which is tight i'm here for it but like you know to, sometimes you just need to take a break and you know we were we had like a we while we haven't done any like technical breaking up we've definitely had our like periods of time where it's just like we're not doing anything for a few months like just whatever <laughs> like maybe we'll practice maybe we won't we'll see what happens but we need just to focus on other things mm-hmm. it's super rough mm-hmm but outside of, you know, being in a band and playing music and shows and recording and things like that, there's a lot of fun things about hanging out and being friends and stuff like that. Do you get to spend, I know you mentioned some of you live together and things like that. Do you spend a lot of time outside of the practice space, outside of shows together? Yeah. you get to do that? Yeah, yeah. nonstop. I Definitely. work with Isaiah. Yeah, we yeah. work see Isaiah together, probably once a week. Him. Yeah, we yeah. see movies a lot together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. live with Dylan for like six years. Yeah. Yeah. Steve and I also like went to elementary school yeah. together. No so. shit. Yeah. yeah. And you guys also yeah. have known each other since. I've known Mavi for like 10 plus years. Yeah, I've known yeah. Dylan since we were like nine yeah. so going on 20 years now it's, it's yeah. crazy it's it yeah it, it i feel like that sort of that chemistry is what really like i think helps keep a band together and thriving just like having that connection with each other and everybody knowing what's going on in everyone's individual lives and not being this thing where like i've been in bands where i don't see the people that i'm in a band with we see each other at practice 
yeah. for like those two or three hours. And it's like, you know, like why the fuck is so and so so grumpy? And you have no idea because like, no. they don't even like you don't even know what's going on in their life. Yeah, and it's good to know those things because like you know, music's a real. <coughs> I feel like in best case scenario, it's like a really like intimate personal thing that you're sharing with other people. And if you're writing music, that's like supposed to be a motive in some sort of way. I guess not all music is a motive, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like LMFAO wasn't necessarily a very emotive band. I don't know why I thought of them, but that's what happened. True. Party rocking is It's more of a vibe. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. It's hard to argue that. It's very, very party rock. But you know, yeah, just being able to be in a space and know what's going on, so you can know where everybody's coming from, and you give give the songs that that proper attention. One hundred percent. So. Let's say Brightside finishes a gig. Is there a go-to spot after a gig for getting some food or drinks or both that's like a Brightside staple that the people need to know about? We all go the fuck home. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) The closest Kogos to get cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. Just a sleepy. Just go home. (laughs) Yeah, we do tend to be very sleepy. So, yeah. Outside of... So that's the thing. It's like, you know, outside of your, you know, time, like writing music together or going to the movies and things like that, do you find yourselves to be more just kind of like low key people, not necessarily go out, get crazy party rockers? (laughs) I think we're definitely definitely not party rockers. I think we've had and we've all had our our times of party rocking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think I know me personally, I've chilled out a lot the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're a lot of us are homebodies for the most part, and if we are party rocking, we're party rocking in front, uh, on the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I like yeah, to have sure. a, have a casual drink and a meal, you yeah. know. Yeah, maybe yeah. not so much party rocking. But, yeah, no, I have been known to hit the town. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I still, I still. Uh, I might go out here. They're Dylan, even you know. Yeah, I'll I'll Dylan, party party. Dylan gets pretty wild as well. Um, I see Matt I, W at Remedy for yeah, a while. Yeah, Matt W. Ride home well, yeah. frequently. I'll say this side of the I table. Still party rocks pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it, it's, it's funny. I just feel like I got really burned out on it just from playing shows. I feel like, like this weekend, for example, was I had uh, no that those last weekend. I definitely played a show on Friday. Last weekend, I didn't have any shows. Hmm. And I was like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? <laughs> yeah. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. just, uh, just being able to like chill at home. Like, I already have beer that I bought that no. I could drink. Yeah. I was paying for this Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I should yeah. probably finally watch Frozen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Nah. Did you watch both of them? No, nah, I think the second one's in theaters. Oh, it's right in now. theaters Maybe right I'll now. See it together. Yeah, I thought the first one was all right. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll go see. We'll go see. <laughs> I've seen that twice already. Uh, I, okay. I, I think that you <laughs> only, know, twice? Mm-hmm. only twice. Only twice. Frozen two. This has oh, nothing yeah. to do with uh, anything really, but mm-hmm. I just felt like on the the spectrum of what I personally like about a Disney movie, mm-hmm. Frozen fell a little short. Yeah, I think the, I just didn't like the songs. Yeah. Story. Yeah, that was know. like it was it's fine, you know. But you know, it's not made for me. Yeah. It's not like when like True. Disney had their meeting about fucking Instead of a big frozen. picture. Of you. Yeah, like, yeah, here's our target demo. It was yeah. not me. So yeah. it's totally fine. I'm not supposed to like it. Yeah. You know, but I do I do like Disney stuff and I think it's cool to have those guilty pleasures or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like how 
do you all feel about the concept of the guilty pleasure? Do you think that guilty pleasures are a thing, or is it just like, a, you know, I like what I like. I don't, I don't even feel bad about it. I think, like, when music, guilty pleasures are something I find myself yeah, very true. saying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's, like... What would be, like, a good like guilty fast pleasure ball. for you? <laughs> <laughs> like a 90s band that's embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I like that band. I don't know. When it's, like, movies and stuff, I think it's just depending on when you saw it, you're going to like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think with music, I care less and less about, <laughs> like, telling people that I like, what I, you know, any, or something that's popular. I'm like, yeah, that song rocks. Maybe when I was, like, 20, I would kept that to myself you know we've, we've mm-hmm. did, i did did go see katie perry with dylan when we were you know oh, she yeah. was on fire oh yeah it was she, great she came out <laughs> yeah, on back a in the candy cloud <laughs> you don't get that at a basement show yeah no. that's true you don't uh the production was amazing yeah mm-hmm. but like yeah so like obviously that's not like the highest form of art so i think when it comes to gu- guilty pleasures you're like all right this is low art i understand this um, this is not like my favorite thing in the world, but I like it. Yeah. It's catchy. Yeah. It's stuck yeah, in my head. Fun. Yeah, no, so it's, yeah, not, it's not, not the best pleasure song in the it's world, like, but it's catchy. It's yeah. good. It doesn't necessarily Fine. leave you thinking. That new T Swift album ain't bad. It's not great, but it's like not bad. I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Listen to pop music. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I think all that stuff's a lot of fun to listen to. And I think that even if it is low art, if you will, I think there's plenty to learn from it in terms of writing songs just because it's always interesting to try to like reverse engineer pop music and figure out what makes it catchy Mm -hmm. and why certain songs work for sure even songs that you absolutely detest it's like it's really interesting to me how things can work and how trends happen yeah i don't know i like dissecting that stuff and trying to apply it in little ways to my stuff. I mean, it doesn't, and I don't make pop music by any means. Oh, but we're trying to only make pop music. Pop music. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a song on the new album that I didn't do this on purpose, but it kind of rips off the chain smokers. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it out ri- recently. And uh, so before someone calls me out on it, I know. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's funny, like how just those influences can kind of like unintentionally sneak their way in it's almost like you know are you a little bit lamer than you thought you were or are the chain smokers a little bit cooler than you thought i think it's a tough question (laughs) see you're here for the tough questions like that Uh, (laughs) i mean i definitely since i since i realized that i've definitely listened to that song a lot more and i've been like why (laughs) what made me steal that riff (laughs) so i'm in a riff just like a two second clip just like (laughs) it's it's an interesting time because it's hard to really write something that is truly original Mm -hmm. and i find myself stressing out about it less and less yeah. As I like, I don't know, I guess it's maturing or maybe it's just getting lazy. Maybe it's a mixture of the both. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But now I'm just, I think when I was younger, I was a lot more worried about like what my peers were doing and if what they were get, like, what kind of music they were making and how it was going to play well with the bands I was playing with. I would think mm-hmm. about that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like, I know that we're playing a lot of shows with this band and we got to have something that's a little bit heavier or you know, a sicker breakdown or a crazier mm-hmm. part. We got to get crazy. Now I'm just like, I don't know. Like, this is something that I like. It makes me like laugh. So I'm like, I can't. Okay, this is cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then just go with it. Yeah. Even if it is like 
a little bit too pop or yeah. if it's like a little bit too insane mm -hmm. like whatever whatever makes me happy yeah for sure dude and that's what it should be you know making music for yourself and you know trying to be as honest with certain emotions and communicate them in a way that people can receive them you know and i think that's the biggest thing with pop music is like there's definitely good things in it and like one thing that pop music has down is accessibility you know they're communicating things to people in large masses and it's and, like and it's like, fun when it's fun when pop stars can like have their own unique voice like even though like a lot of the compositions are like fundamentally identical mm -hmm. it's still like you can't argue that oh like cardi b has her own voice for sure nothing else in the world sounds exactly like cardi b definitely or like Katy perry mm -hmm. like you could you could put on any taylor swift song I've probably never heard it. I'll be like, oh, this is Taylor Swift. It's mm -hmm. like she has her own unique voice in the way she does stuff. Yeah, for and sure. And that's like not anything to really write off. Like there's a lot of that's that's a special thing to yeah. have your own voice in your music like that. Mm hmm Definitely. And have somebody like me know who you are. Mm -hmm. Like I don't listen to this that stuff, but I can hear it and I'll know. Yeah. It's definitely one element that I think is crucial. You know what I mean? Because at that very base level, even no matter how big of a pop star you are, I think that there needs to be that level of like, you know, this is that person's music on some level. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just how I feel about it. Do you feel that um, when you're writing songs, whether it's with Brightside or any other projects, do you feel that like maybe if there has been a change over the past decade, do you feel that that change is a result of like aging or a result of just becoming more technically talented or a result of like the way that maybe pop music or just whatever music is popular in the genre that you're writing like how it has shifted do you think any of those things have affected the way you write songs or do you feel like you write songs the same way that you did 10 years ago we all just like get in a room and just like uh play yeah it's like how we write everything so everything takes a really long time to do it so you're always like uh, dishing stuff out in in the space together. Yeah, I think I can. There's one song that, or one or maybe two songs that Mavi was like, "Hey, I have this like one chorus, and then we build a song around it." But every other time, it's just like, "Nope, we're in the space. Play something until it sounds good." That's so. super cool, and it's. I feel like that's something that's a little bit rarer these days. It may not be as rare for bands that are still doing just more like traditional rock format stuff, but like so many bands. Um, at least in like the world that I'm mostly in, like the heavy metal world is all like we're building these songs around these backtracks and everything's all like timed and like you know pretty much like writing is the same as pre-production. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I got all these sick guitar parts tabbed out. Now I gotta learn it. You yeah. know, it's mm -hmm. like this like weird thing. We don't necessarily write like that with Grey Walker, but mm -hmm. I've been in bands that have written like that, where mm -hmm. it's like everything's written in Guitar Pro, mm -hmm. and then like, everybody learns it on their own, and then they get to the space and they somehow know it. Mm -hmm. You fucking freaks! This yeah. is so weird. I, I don't yeah. think that's invalid. I mean, I mean I, it's cool. I mean, yeah, it's just a different way. It's it's stuff. definitely different, and it's a lot. It's really fun to get in a room with everybody and just like have things come out and happen the way that you know happen naturally but i think composition is really important when you're you know trying to write music um but like that's also just for me personally like i really like to focus on composition and like everything that you were saying like how music changes over time and how people grow and like all those things go into writing and what you like and what you want to put out into the world how you think about music and ends up affecting the composition so like it, you know it's uh that's all 
that that's just one way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, both are valid, but yeah. uh, the one thing I that... think both both uh, can yield different kinds of results that uh, you know may touch people in different ways, if you will. <laughs> totally. The one thing that I think is super cool about um, writing stuff in like a pre-production format is that it's a lot easier to experiment with song structures and compositions and actually being able to sit there and see everything on the screen and be like, what if this chorus was half as long here and yeah. then we did it again over here and like you could just like move that stuff around and hear it crystal clear. That and you actually get a, a real quick grasp on like if everybody's actually playing the songs right. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in a practice space and especially if you have a five-piece band, like it's not uncommon sometimes for like one guitar player to maybe be playing something a little different, like a weird step off, and like you never notice it until you get into the studio, and yeah. it's just like you've been playing that like that this whole time. <laughs> we've, we've been playing this song for two and a half years, and it's that we haven't been playing the same thing. So it's fun to be able to do that pre-production sort of stuff, just so like you have a more, uh, you, I don't know, like a more robotic like knowledge of what the song actually is. I feel that we kind of do that though. Um, Cause we'll like, like, all right, we got these two parts and we'll be like, all right, so it's going to be this part and then this part. And then we'll be like, what if we do it half? And then we'll do it. Yeah. And oh, then we'll totally. all play it. You can totally do it. Like it's, there's definitely, it's just, I think it's a, it requires a little bit more patience, but it's yeah, definitely it doable. Mm-hmm. But you, 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 you uh, fuck with like dry erase boards or anything, and it like yeah. out oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why our last album came out four years ago, <laughs> and, uh, or actually five, five six, six almost seven. The thing that's seven. super, the thing that's super <laughs> dangerous about that is, uh, um, maybe, maybe you have locked this in, but what I've noticed in my time being in bands and writing songs like that is everybody's idea of like what the part is is always different yeah like we're gonna do that part two times and it's like but it's like one time for somebody else or the chorus so like yeah we're always like everybody's all mixed up and like there's always like the you know we'll write on the board one week like you know like jazzy twang part and then next week it's like what was that part again like people (laughs) don't remember what the parts are named and things like that but it's fun you get it worked out. Jesse Twang sounds sick. So with Brightside specifically, if we were to, you know, take this album that you have now, I understand it's not done, but the music's there and the music's in your head, so you know it. Mm-hmm. So let's take Brightside of today, time travel back to, you know, the earliest version of Brightside with this lineup. Because I know this, you know, so that was what you said, 2013-ish? Yeah, 2013. You said that lineup, right? And you bring them the album that you have written now. Do you think that the bright side of 2013 would be stoked about this? Or would they be like, what? what is this? I think we'd probably be pretty happy. I think it's kind of, this album's kind of what we wanted the last album to be, I think. That's like, great. As far as like production stuff too, like it's, it sounds just way better than anything we've done before. That would be the biggest where you, difference. Where are you recording? Uh, we're recording with Dave Klug. Okay, cool. His studio. And yeah. uh, where is that? Mount Washington. Mount Washington. But yeah, we tracked this album live. So yeah. that was the first time we've oh. done that for for the album. So, But that was kind of like what we, we had envisioned when writing these songs was like, you know, we've gone 
into the studio and doing stuff with the click and, you know, laying down the different parts. But uh, since we've all known each other for so long, we just thought it was always like a little bit missing from doing that. So we wanted to wanted to do this this one live to kind of get a little bit more of those tiny dynamics it and stuff so incredibly difficult to capture the same energy when you're tracking like that mm -hmm. yeah. um as somebody that does like studio stuff i completely like having that that like puppet master control of everything being isolated because you can mix it and it sounds really cool but it's really really hard to neglect that like you're always sacrificing some level of like passionate performance when you're in that sterile environment and yeah. like you know you're just like you like sure you're playing out of an amp but it's in another room behind glass like you can't really feel it you yeah. can't get that right energy and like you're almost encouraged to like overplay whenever you're in that environment because like you'll probably have the perfect take but you'll it's not perfect so you scrap it and then you don't end up you know, you end up settling more for like something that's like, I don't know, more technically correct in terms of like the grid and the yeah. computer screen versus like the actual feel of the track. And you don't even recognize, realize it until everybody's done recording. And then at that point, it's too late to yeah. even go in. But when you have everybody in the space together, you know, you can kind of just feel it out yeah. and listen to it. How was the experience recording all that stuff? Did you do the vocals too, or you did no, the vocals separate? No, we just did the instruments live. Just did the instruments live. Um, did you feel that you had to do a lot of takes of stuff? Uh, we had to. I, I guess we, it was like I don't. I don't think it. it I didn't. I didn't think there was anything that we specifically like had to do tons of takes. I mean, it was we awful. still. We still tracked the whole thing in what like a week. A week, yeah. yeah like and we did ten songs and like, yeah, that's awesome. Like probably like, I think one day we did like two or three songs. Like just got them all done. I think like it was probably like five hours each song, probably just playing it over and over again until we wanted to die. <clears throat> Did you do a lot of like uh, tone changings or like mic placement changes between songs, or was like it pretty universal? It was pretty universal throughout the, yeah. throughout the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has done live stuff before, so he knew what we wanted. Cool. And like now that we've heard it, he definitely knew what we wanted. Like it sounds like what I think we went into wanting. We wanted it to sound like a seventies album. Okay like a everything's live and, yeah because the thing i hate about our old music is i hear it and it sounds like like what you were saying it sounds like i'm playing it like a robot it's too stiff yeah yeah there was a buddy a buddy's <clears throat> old band of mine I've, I've called them out way too many times on the podcast so i'm not going to do it again <laughs> but the, who they were doesn't really matter the fact was they were a fantastic live band mm -hmm. but every time they recorded something I, I always used to say it just sounds like somebody like scrubbed your songs down with a brillo pad yeah and like this is like so clean i feel like i just like licked a wet nap yeah. like that's what like listening to your music feels like but you see them live and it's like crazy raw super good energy you know the singer would just let it rip and like decent voice but it would like, sometimes crack you'd get a little you know, crazy but on recording it's like all perfect and kind of quiet because like every little note needs to be right and it's just like man this is yeah it's like i don't i don't understand like the purpose of like writing guitar music if you're not just gonna play the fucking guitar yeah it's like i almost feel like the way they recorded the songs it would have sounded better as like chain smoker songs like <laughs> just turn them into pop format transition yeah. it all to synthesizers sing pretty on it mm -hmm. and it would probably do well 
for sure. I feel like a lot of the time people think that's what they need to, you know, have any type of like success, like in terms of like radio stations, any of that shit. But a lot of the time it's like you're true to your sound. I feel like that'll make the I better think, record. You know what I mean? I think you could get that feeling in your head if you end up working with the wrong producer or sure. engineer or something like that. You mentioned that uh, the person that did your stuff had knew what you wanted. Yeah. And that makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you don't go to, uh, don't go to Burger King looking yeah. for General Says Chicken, yeah. right? Like, you need but if to, they had uh, it, I would get it. <laughs> <laughs> we all probably would. We should. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that finding that right person to capture your sound is really crucial. I think sometimes a lot of bands, especially coming up, you know, they'll get this opportunity. Like, oh, we get to work with somebody that co-produced one song on an obscure Weezer album 15 <laughs> years ago. And... You know, because they have like you're almost they're going out of their way to work with people for the the clout because mm-hmm. of the credit, but that person has no idea what the band actually needs. Yeah, so. we've made that mistake. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Big time. <laughs> Just uh, like working with a wrong engineer, type of thing, or wrong producer. I feel like we worked with every wrong engineer. Like every, I mean, like they were all like good in their own senses. It's just yeah, it was never the perfect match yeah, until this last one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the other thing too. Is it, it could be really hard to figure out what it is and it's almost like you know getting a bad tattoo it's like once it's yeah. done it's like well yeah should have yeah. thought more about that one yeah. but now i have this fucking tattoo and we also suck too it wasn't yeah. just them yeah yeah it's like, oh, yeah. like yeah, it is, it's like robotic and sloppy still, at the same time yeah, yeah. which is fucking sure. wild. It makes no sense. recording <laughs> is really weird i think that especially just no matter what like there's always that extra sense of pressure and stress that you you could practice and know the songs as many times as you want. You could play as many live shows as you want. As soon as you get in the studio, everything changes. Yeah, completely. We just recorded Grey Walker. We recorded a live album on Friday. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, you know, we practiced the shit out of it. We were playing show. You know, we, we're rehearsed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we started, it, everything felt so unbelievably different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that stress. Stressful. zone. Like, we're recording. We're actually in the space. There's people here that are watching us and, like, you know, I'm not used to the way that this PA sounds. Like, like all the, those stupid little nuances throwing me off. Oh, 100%. That shit fucks me up so bad, dude. Like, my palms get sweaty and stuff. <laughs> like, when I'm recording, like, it gets terrible. It would, I have so many, like, little things. And with yeah. us, like, I mean, we're a metal band, so mm-hmm. we're always playing really loud. Yeah. But because of we're recording the live stuff, we, like, adjusted the amp settings a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So, like, we could, like, actually capture good mm-hmm. audio for sure but it sounded really fucking weird in the room because uh-huh. like everything like the drums were way louder than mm-hmm. they normally are because we can't turn those down yeah. as much as sound engineers love to tell our drummer to, to not hit so hard yeah mm-hmm. it's you know it's just a weird weird situation it worked out but um i guess the point that i'm getting at is just like that i love that idea of being able to just like record all that stuff and i'm excited to hear it. we actually played two songs two brand new songs and that set, so it'll be fun because it'll be like the first recordings of those songs. Oh, yeah. Will be those live recordings. Nice. That's awesome. And you know what? You need to pick and choose if there is anything. Yeah. It'll be. be Overanalyze it. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to overanalyze it. I mean, we're going to use everything we did. Yeah. Because uh, we're doing a, a vinyl release for it. So nice. we, we're doing. We did our side A set, side B set, encore song. That's it. If it sucks, it sucks. <laughs> it's like a. I, we're, I'm just kind of looking at it as like a this is a timepiece of us as a band we've been playing for five years mm-hmm. this is where we are now this is a cool artifact this is as good as we got in this time 
Yeah. If it's not very good, at least it's honest. Yeah, for yes. sure. Where'd you do it? Two two two. Oh, Ormsby. How is the new two two two? We still haven't been there. Yeah. It's it's nice. It's the same. It's like the it's old the Ormsby, but the bands are playing in a different corner. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Completely what? unacceptable. It is what? Is all, is all the graffiti and stuff still there? Like, there's some anything? different graffiti in there. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that whenever the building originally sold, I think a lot of the stuff got painted over. Makes and then sense. People put more mm-hmm. graffiti in there. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so like now, like whenever you walk, you know, like you used to walk in the main door and the bands would be playing directly to your right. Mm-hmm. It's like on that same wall, but it's in like the back left corner mm-hmm. is yeah. where they have the PA set up now. I saw some bands playing that corner. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's we might have played in that corner yeah. once. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like every show I have played there is in the other corner. Same. Mainly the yeah, other man, corner. Yeah. Once we corner. played in the center, for sure. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's really like in between the two now. corners. Was it yeah. hot when you did it? Was it like crazy hot? I wasn't even, I was way too stressed out to think about oh, temperature. Really? <laughs> yeah, I played there like anyways. once. I mean, it definitely was like the summertime, but I was like the sweatiest I'd ever been. I can like, imagine it being summer. hot in there in the summer. <laughs> yeah, it gets I mean, real this hot. was on Friday, so it was like, it was like you know, uh-huh. a solid 35 outside. I'll take it, dude. Yeah, that's nice. Taurus. <laughs> yeah, we get real sweaty. We get really hot. Cool. Yeah, this side of the table gets real sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> this side of the table sweating. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's so funny. I don't. I don't know what happens when you're just like in that environment, and just like something. That, I wish I could like harness that energy in the practice space so I could learn how to deal with it appropriately. Dude, 100. percent I feel like it's the same though with anything. Because even with like practicing for shows and stuff, I feel like it's the same thing. Like the show never feels how it does in practice. Uh-huh. So that element of like your body's a little bit tighter. You know what I mean? It's like the guys are always talking about. Like, yeah, we used to, have to like start practicing headbanging at practice like the <laughs> yeah. concept of that just seems so absurd yeah but it's like now like i don't know i like actually i'm like sore after playing Dude. shows now yeah i'm sore right now from practice yesterday <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but i you know i i was tossing it around a little bit so yeah no. <laughs> with you know the the future of bright side after this release you plan in the like try to like really do the thing thing you doing like a you're gonna try to like get a label to put it out you're gonna try to do some touring things there's just gonna be more of like a, we're gonna release it and just whatever happens happens pretty sure we're self-releasing it no matter what i don't think at least i don't really think we want to work with the label again no so you'd worked with the label in the past mm-hmm. okay what was that experience like it's fine not, yeah. not at the end it was good. We got like vinyl records yeah. whenever we were unable to do that. We got a lot of touring support. Like we got to like do things that we were not capable of doing at that time. Yeah. But now that we are older, like we kind of have capabilities. Like Matt is like the ability to like put out our records for us. Cool. Um, so essentially, it's like just to the point where we're like, well, if we can just do it ourselves, it's like going to be the easiest way. But we got a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't have gotten in the past through that. So it was good. It's true. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it's something that's not really for everybody. And if you're willing to put in the little bit of extra effort, you could do a few Google searches and most likely you'll be doing everything that a label would be doing for you nowadays anyways. Unless it's like... Interscope. Yeah, like a huge label, like (laughs) something like super sick. Yeah, they're interesting. Nothing against any... (laughs) Yeah, we'd probably sign. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nothing against any of the active indie labels or DIY Mm -hmm. labels they're doing doing the lord's work out there For sure. you know helping p- people stuff out but it's really not that hard to put your own music out yeah so 
I think yeah. it's also cooler for a band to do that themselves anyway. It's, it's nice to be on your own timetable. Yeah. And not know like what is going on. Yeah. Like, like, and it's also good, I think, too, just to understand how that sort of stuff works. So, say in the future you do get like, make, say this app, this self release project does really well. Mm-hmm. Let's say Enderscope is like, yo, Brightside, we want to pick that up. At least now you have some fundamental basic understanding of like what goes into putting out a record so you'll have a better understanding of like what the language is and if like they're trying to fuck you or not or you know all those little things yeah yeah and i feel like it's always better to come at it from that angle too because i feel like so many bands go into it where they record something and they're just sending you know hundreds of emails every day to as many labels as they and they're just like consumed with trying to like get this like I don't know, verification from some sort of label, you know, and like we, I've, we've all done that shit, you know, we've been through that, but like, I feel like it gets to a point where you focus on the music, you focus on putting it out and making sure it gets put out the right way. And then, you know, if you get some type of, someone reaches out, post that, that's a great thing, you know, but if you go into it, like if that's the first priority, I feel like it never works out the way they want it to. Yeah. You know? I but, feel like, yeah, there's a, a whole lot of time wasted in trying to spam mediocre content to people that are interested i would say it's like so much more important just to focus on the craft and putting out really good music for sure and really good stuff and Mm -hmm. just doing that on your own because it'll speak for itself if it's good there's been plenty of artists that have you know been very successful on a very on a small scale but successful enough Mm -hmm. that have just they they make good fucking music yeah and people talk about it yeah the internet it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah and it's a terrible mindset to be in too just like waiting for those responses just like you know you're just so like i don't know get so so in your own head you know you get so in the music in like this dark negative way but you could have just been focused on the music and like getting it out to the people and, i you get know what a I mean. lot of emails from people i think that i must be on some weird like promotional mailing list somehow from the <laughs> podcast so i get like emails from pr people and managers and bands all the time mm-hmm. they have nothing they don't want to come on the podcast they just mm-hmm. like assume that like i promote shows or something like mm-hmm. they're just but basically it's just like desperate emails like everything about it just reeks of like please pay attention to me yeah. and it's like i don't care how good this is it's like i just like i'm just turned off by like yeah. this whole presentation mm-hmm, for sure and from my experience too it's like the only people that do respond to the emails like what they t- tell me is like if they're going to reach out to you it's going to be because they heard of you like not from you telling them you know what i mean so it's probably it's way better to just focus on becoming the band that you want to be by your own volition you know what i mean and then the things that you want to happen like that's the only way that they might even happen i think yeah or i think also like with gray walker we had reached out to some specific people Mm -hmm. and uh it was very specific and targeted and Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that it's if you're writing somebody let them know that it's like hey Mm -hmm. i know who you are and I'm hitting you up for a very specific reason. Instead sure. of just like, hi, I'm Brian from the death metal band Greywalker. Mm-hmm. We think that you would like our music. Attached is our one sheet and download to our MP3 album. Please yeah. check it out in our video on YouTube. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, hey, like, you know, like, Steve, uh, you know, know that you, yeah, hey, Steve, <laughs> know that you work with this this one band. You know, we, we played a show with them a couple months ago and they mentioned that you worked with you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. Because it's like a personal thing. For That's sure. the only time we'll ever email somebody. For sure. It's just like, sure. or when people email me and they're like, hey, I know the podcast, I'm friends with Brightside, and, you know, 
would you ever consider having me on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hit me up for a direct thing, that's fine, but don't mm-hmm. spam me. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. 100%. Yeah. So there's no timetable for this record. You got, a single, you got two singles that are out right now. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, it's, the, the record's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah you're just... just uh, probably, like, I'm thinking winter. Probably, yeah, but also there's, like, the three-month period of the records being made and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's part of it. So you're going to be pressing it? Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. What about CDs? You still do CDs? I haven't owned a CD, like, since... What about cassettes? How do you feel? Did that, did that fall off? You still no, do cassettes? We have a bunch yeah. of cassettes. We have a, a yeah, way too many cassettes. Yeah, they're for sale. All of them. You have to, you have to buy them to all. take some of these cassettes. Got them in my <laughs> attic right you now. Buy them in bulk. You should run with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take them to Costco. <laughs> I, mean, I think we're all kind of like on the same page of sometime in early 2020, you know. Um, but it's we've talked about it. It's like the no pressure thing is nice. Like there's no date. We don't have to be like, all right, Matt, I need you to finish all the vocals by the first of the year. Come on, what are you doing? You know, it's yeah. more like, hey, let's get in the studio when we can. You know, even if we think the songs are done, let's go in and just, you know, see what we can add to make them better. So that's nice. You know, it's just having that kind of early 2020 mindset. You know, we're still making making moves to get it done. But Yeah, I think the other cool thing, too, is self-releasing. You're able to do it on your own schedule, on your own time, and yeah. it'll, it'll be ready when it's ready. Like, what is the rush? Yeah, that's specifically why I didn't like working with the label. I just wanted to say that. Not that the label was bad, just having, like, no say in the times and stuff is kind of what sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, they're, better, they're, it's better to be in control since it's your project, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's something that you know that you can do yourself. Yeah. I imagine for some bands or people that have no understanding of even how like getting a sticker made works, mm-hmm. it's sure it's yeah. a little maybe a little bit easier for them. Yeah, if you're in a position when it's like having the time and like the ability to go back and tweak songs and stuff has been pretty essential for this yeah. record. I think. Yeah, we've never had that. Like when a song is recorded, it's dumb. no matter how bad it is, yeah, they're like, yeah, it's, that's a dumb song. <laughs> it took me a really long time to learn the patience to maturing songs. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, you know, it's like, sure, this is a song right now, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the song that it could or should be. Yeah, and really, it seems like the only way songs become what they need to be is just by. You know, you get a demo recorded and you listen to it. You play it. You practice it. You play it live. You test it. You know, at least like with Greylocker, we're always testing things at like different tempos and this and see how things react, how it feels. Like, can we actually play this live? That's a big part yeah. of some of our like more shreddy stuff. You know, yeah. have these grand ideas and then it's just like, well, I think you know that BPM is a little bit too crazy for what <laughs> we're trying to do. Let's slow it down. <laughs> and just finding those things that like make it make the song actually work. Yeah. Versus like, well, this is all in, we got this all figured out, let's record it right away, and then play shows. That's the thing that always, like, I guess, I don't have a problem with bands that do this, but, like, the whole thing where it's, like, bands that will, like, never, have never played a show, (laughs) but they have, like, a whole album, like, this whole merch rollout thing, and then they come out the gate all, like, here's our album, here's our merch, and blah, 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 and then you watch them play, and it's like, oh, you obviously haven't been playing any shows. Like, everything looks and sounds great, but everything just feels like it's not yeah. fully together yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
especially with like guitar driven music like playing that stuff oh yeah dude it takes so long to figure it out i feel like it takes so long for shit to actually sound and feel good as a band you know so it's like i don't know that's something that's like just as important as any of that's probably one of the most important parts about being a band is like figuring out how you work together you know mm-hmm. figure, figure out how to listen to each other how to read each other how to build off of each other you know yeah. it's different with any any version of people you know like yeah, yeah. and when you eliminate the the potential for like the happy accident yeah that's exactly a, that's a really unfortunate thing to not mm-hmm. to not give yourself room for for sure like, you know always when some of the coolest stuff happens a hundred percent hundred percent Super cool. I'm like really excited to hear the stuff whenever it comes out. It's cool to know that you tracked it live. That's fun. Yeah. That's exciting. Want to see more bands doing that. Uh, Shows. You have anything booked right now? You're just kind of hanging back, focusing on the album. Yeah, we already did that. We already played the shows. (laughs) (laughs) We'll play some in the future, probably. I guess guess, like um, you had mentioned that the album was going to be self-released, but like with like you know like touring and promoting and things like that is that something that you're interested in doing yeah yeah Yeah. i think we will probably tour on the album to like uh we have so many connections and stuff so like from touring and years of being a band so like that's something we definitely plan on doing and doing by ourselves also just kind of doing it no bands on the road one band bills right side only that would suck <laughs> how do you 20 feel minutes of music. three band 20 minutes three bands. No more. yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask like how do you feel about like what is the ideal number of bands for three it's three three or a music three is good like, three is perfect yeah Two is great. The best show I ever saw was like one opener. Two, is really nice. yeah. <laughs> two, two heavy hitters better than any three. Yeah, show, honestly. Yeah, if it's like two bands that are like really popular, then I don't need to see an opener. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. We, when we did the the show on Friday, it was two bands. We used uh, since we were both sets were recorded. Uh, we used like all the same backline yeah. and everything, it's, so it was just like super. That's easy so nice. Oh yeah, you know so that's awesome. Get nice. there early. You got some time to set it up. You can still start to start the show late enough so people show up. So it's like, you know, the band that nobody would have been there to watch. Now I don't have to deal with going around their gear and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. I guess there's just a lot of bands and everybody, nobody wants to say no to people. So you start up having shows with like eight bands on them. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but like way too much. Of which that. in theory is like cool because it's like, oh, yeah, there'll <laughs> at least be 30 more people in the room because you have eight mm-hmm. fans on the bill. But <laughs> so like, many people showed up. <laughs> all the, yeah. There's, there's like nowhere to put the gear. There's yeah. nowhere to park now. And there's no time for sets. <laughs> yeah. Has like 15, five minutes to play. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was good for young us though. Yeah. yeah. We like only played like five band shows yeah. only. Remember that Punk Satani show? Oh yeah. That was sick. <laughs> <laughs> <Some> <laughs> bands. That well, was, that was sick. <laughs> that was also a show where we whew, got the fuck out of there. <laughs> no, we stayed and hung out. You did. Oh, wait, that show. Yeah. Oh, we were yeah. hanging out. <laughs> that was, yeah, we, you I were there. Yeah. Describe it. Was that? Ah, yeah, that was hilarious. They got they had like a slip and slide. Yeah, there was, was a like, slip and oh. slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this weird, it was like it was a music weird festival. country. Yeah. It was like a, I won't even say music. It was a music festival in the country. 
It's like this dude's family. Quote. Yeah, it was, like it was a family like ranch. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a barbecue. Yeah, it was essentially just a small barbecue. It was like a <laughs> porch <laughs> with a bunch of tarps, tarps yeah. on it. It was like it was an hour. Sick. It was like an hour and a half away or some shit. Okay. Yeah. It's a good picture. You're getting, you're getting into. Hey, we played some badminton. Though. Yeah, oh yeah, badminton. So that was good. Always that great. was good. Yeah. Always excellent. Always a pleasure to play badminton. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> pastime. Yeah. Those sort of those sort of gigs are really. It's real. That's a gamble. Well, you just never know. Yeah, yeah you, you just never know. You never know. You never know. At the 420 house. Oh yeah. We were on tour. <laughs> we went to this house that the address was 420. We thought it was a joke. <laughs> And uh, there was no one there. There was a couple people sitting door. on the couch. There yeah. were people sitting on a, on a couch, and there was an amp in the house. But I knocked on the door. I was like, hey, uh, we're here for the show. <laughs> and the guy looked at me like he had no idea what I was talking about because there was not a show there. <laughs> and we just went to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> that was a classic. Uh, and that was Indiana, in like Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Weird. And we stayed in some weird basements. Oh, shot yeah, me that, in the eye with a BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> Played some Foursquare yeah. and shot Dylan. Sounds like it ended up being a good time. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, we had, I had a good time. These, like, I'm pretty I sure you guys fear. thought. Yeah, I was definitely thought that we were. Yeah. Indiana was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Play some Foursquare. <laughs> yeah, we just got to that house and they were shooting in the basement. <laughs> shooting guns in the basement. <laughs> BB guns, not real. Yeah, guns. but it was loud, so I was afraid. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Before we wrap all of this stuff up who wants to take the plunge and plug the band's social media accounts yeah it's gonna be mad it's gonna be fun, <laughs> heavy <laughs> i think you just fall into it uh brightsidepgh.bandcamp.com is our band camp and we have a spotify uh if you search Brightside, it'll be the third band called Brightside because <laughs> two other bands came out of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, we're on Apple Music, Brightside. Yeah. Uh, our Apple Music is combined with a different Brightside. <laughs> so just, <clears throat> just go on Spotify. <laughs> if you want to listen to us, we're on YouTube, youtube.com. <laughs> the YouTube? Yeah. The YouTube. They dropped the the. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the facebook.com <laughs> slash colon brightside pgh i don't fucking know <laughs> did it that's it you did a great, did a great job that's, that's it that's a good job out of the park yeah good great, job great yeah i'd say be sure to follow them check them out chances are if you're still watching this an hour in you're probably already friends and family or colleagues of some sort of family of Our these, moms, of these fine, <laughs> these fine folk. So you probably already know where to find them. But hey, tell some people, share this episode around. Keep an eye out for their new music. Keep also, new single. Yeah, the- there's two new singles that are out now. Are those on oh. Spotify? Yeah, Bandcamp, Spotify.com. The third, third bright side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. On the Spotify.com, and uh, yeah. So with all that being said, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Bright side. Thank you guys for coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having thank you. Yeah, very, very happy to have you. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019 or 20. I don't know when this is going up. Either at the end of the month or early next month. Whatever. 
You know what it is if you're watching. Woohoo! Thanks for listening. <laughs> and we are done. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I surprisingly don't have that sound effect. <laughs> we can get it for you. <laughs> yeah, we all we have all it. Excellent! Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. It's an interesting way to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs>